0: Meanwhile, a recorded live in the Lava Lamp Lounge, it's Somewhere in Between, a radio zine. News, music, culture, stories, and more. This show is what we make of it, and hopefully you'll join us in the fun, too. Now let's get started. And welcome to a supernatural radio noir. It's issue 50 The Adventures of Marcus Little, part 3. That isn't to say that I didn't appropriate some ideas from old projects from the past. (laughs) In fact, the name Marcus Little is actually something that dates back to high school. I used to drop that. Character name into a number of different pieces and projects here and there that never actually got finished, or in some cases were never that much to begin with. Uh, And then uh, at some point, he became a vampire in one of the stories I wrote. And then uh, another time, uh, I think he was just a superhero of some kind, and Marcus Little was his. Alter Ego, i used the name over and over again, but it never really connected to anything specific. Uh, and then several years ago, for a NaNoWriMo project, it occurred to me that I had a name, and if I wanted to use a different detective persona than the one that I usually adopt, more on that later, uh, it seemed appropriate to... Come back to Marcus Little, which uh, works perfectly for me because uh, I already have a detective persona. Randy Stone began to get impatient with me and decided to pull out a rod to make sure that his point was well taken. Look, Dex, I don't have time for this. I've been out to Mariner State Hospital. I've seen that place. I don't buy any of that story that Marcus used to tell about it being some sort of hideout that was haunted by ghosts or that he had some other kind of experience there and way back when that caused him to leave his body. No, none of that tracks. I took a pull on my cigarette and said, so what if it doesn't? That's what Marcus says, and so that's what we know. No one else can say one way or another. It's like, uh, We have to just take his word for it. Randy looked me square in the eyes and said, Come on, Dex. What happened next? Act 3
1: of The Adventures of Marcus Little starts momentarily. Now with Nate Kelly in the title role, we will continue today's story, Tall Tales and Small
2: Rewards. It was clear from the handwriting on the matchbook that no matter how much i had been burned, there was always room to still give the third degree to someone. But who she was and how she fit into all of this was anyone's guess. And more to the point, it was something I needed some fresh accoutrement and or a fresh gin and tonic to properly mull it over before I could take action. But as soon as I started pedaling back to my pad, this ghost starts following me, and for some reason no longer bound to the hospital. I decided to call him Itty, after some old comic book I vaguely remembered, and together we traveled on two wheels under the moon, itself hanging in the sky like a damp towel absently tossed onto a hook after a shower. I put on some fresh duds appropriate for the clubs and splashed a little water on my face to assess the damage of the evening's adventures. Other than looking a little pale for my complexion, I appeared just fine. So I ran a comb through my hair, scarfed down some leftovers from the fridge, and within 15 minutes, Itty and I were back in my car. It won't be long now. The Blue Parrot was well known as a respectable club that you'd want to take a date to if you wanted to be extremely old-fashioned and risk that the glamour wasn't going to be a turnoff. but on the flip side, it was also a well-known front for some of the bigger acts in organized crime, entertainment notwithstanding. The staff and everyone connected to the inner workings were no fewer than a degree or two from someone made, and the rest were usually connected to other less respectable folks, making it a hub of action on most nights. Of course, that could be said for a number of people and places in Century City. But I don't judge, and I don't drive to the airport. And who wasn't occasionally working with a friend who may or may not know what did or didn't fall off the back of a truck from time to time? For me, that gentleman's name was Ape. Or at least, that ape's name was Ape. I knew Ape from his partner, this excellent gumshoe gal who I worked with when I needed a real ace and couldn't crack something. And she had called me up from time to time, though never socially, which was always a letdown. Ape rarely worked alone, but times were tough, and he needed an income just like anyone else. He was also the perfect doorman for a place like the Blue Parrot. No one could talk their way past or muscle up to that big gorilla without really getting the monkey business. Lucky for me, we were in a similar line of work, so to speak, and more pointedly, we were totally square. I parked the Chevy and Eddie and I got out, still under the impression we were working a completely different case.
3: And, uh, don't let me catch your ugly jackals here again, you hear me? Hmm. Now, uh,
1: Whoa.
2: What happened to you? Is that any way to talk to my new friend, Itty? Whoa. That's not what I meant,
3: Mark. Hmm. Yeah, You just look different, Saul. It's been a long
2: day. What's the holdup tonight?
3: If I just put my paw under yours and catch that Jackson that you're about to drop. <laughs> we shouldn't have a holdup at all, sir. Fine. Uh, Just putting the kids through college, you know. You don't have any kids. And I I won't give up trying until I have some, thank
2: you. Now what do you need? Just a table for me and my friend. Preferably with a good view of Betty when she takes the stage.
3: Mm, I should have known. You know, on second thought, you can have the bell back. Betty's not in
1: tonight.
2: Oh, really? Itty says she's up in 15 minutes. Now why would you say she's not in?
3: You can't blame me for trying. <laughs> but you never gave me this. And I never saw you. And you better take my call first thing next time Angel needs a favor.
2: For her, anything.
3: Hmm? Table three-ish. And for you, there's a four-drink
2: minimum. You drive me ape, you big gorilla. The Blue Parrot was carried live on ABS radio five nights a week, and their entertainment was second to none. Itty and I ordered some cocktails, surf and turf, and plenty of sides, and we're feeling fat and happy when the lights finally dimmed. Hey, hi, and welcome to the Blue Parrot Lounge here in beautiful Century City. Here in the Blue Parrot Lounge, haha, we strive to bring you the finest in entertainment that you cannot and will not find anywhere else. And now, you get to enjoy the fruits of our labors. With this next crooner, who is tops here among the avian enthusiasts, please offer a warm welcome to this stunning and sophisticated woman of class and distinction, Betty. Before I even had the chance to put up my disinterested front and say to myself that there was no way I could possibly like someone so badly hyped by such a hack, I caught myself doing an actual double take. And not one of those fake ones you see in the movies. Because the creature that emerged from the side of the stage was more than just the name Betty had prepared me for. As soon as she opened her mouth, I realized I had spent too much of my time chasing skirts when I could have been listening to women who sounded like this.
4: The escapes my I know how it sounds. What can
2: I say? The wise guy was speechless, the P.I. without a sense of how to signify, and it was clear why any one of millions of people shouldn't want to have her name scribbled on the inside of anything within reach, let alone a matchbook. Mythical comparisons come to mind, and the dimmest memories of poetry seemed to pop up when I tried to piece it together, and yet, this didn't prevent me from accidentally summarizing it poorly and succinctly with, wow. Hey, don't you dare refer to her like that. How would you feel if someone said something like that about you? Mm -hmm. Exactly. Now, can you scout things out here first before I make a play for her dressing room?
1: Mm
2: -hmm. We make a good team, Itty. While the MC droned on and attempted to badly do a job anyone who didn't call themselves an MC could do much better, I quickly ordered another drink and watched Itty as he seemed to float around the club effortlessly. "'without being noticed. "'Before long, he came floating back "'with a pint glass in his spectral hand.
1: "'Okay,
2: thanks. Well, I was not in the best physical shape, "'this job does keep you light on your toes "'when you need to be. "'And I quickly made my way down the hall "'and to the green room. "'I opened the door and found myself face-to-face "'with the charming crooner herself. "'Ah!
4: "'What are, what are you doing here?'
2: "'It's all right. Relax.' I'm just a fan. That was some performance out there. It was? It was.
4: Is there an echo in here?
2: Are you okay? Why does everyone keep asking me that?
4: It's just that you look... Never mind. Who are you? Where's my manager?
2: The name's Little, and I'm no one you need to worry about.
4: Well, I suppose not if you're that honest.
2: I just have a few questions.
4: (sighs) Now I'm ready to scream again.
2: Look, it ain't like that.
4: I don't like
2: cops. Neither do I. But sooner or later, someone gets mixed up with a gang at Mariner State Hospital, and if they're not careful, they wind up a casualty of that gang. Do I make myself clear?
4: I don't know what you're talking about. Is this your handwriting on this matchbook? Sure, it always is. Were you born yesterday?
2: How did it get into the drawer at a desk at Mariner State Hospital?
4: I see. You just came from Mariner State Hospital? Don't play
2: coy with me.
4: I'm not. I'm just piecing all of this together. And you say there's a gang holed up there, and I'm mixed up with them?
2: Now there is an echo in here, isn't there?
4: And you came here, looking like that, looking for me.
2: Yes, yes, yes. Now may I ask a question or two myself?
4: (sighs) No, please, don't. But I'll help you anyway. Here. I don't know why they always come to me like this, but they do. There's a man at this address. He can help you. What is
2: this? I think you misunderstand why I'm here. Where's the rest of this gang from Mariner State Hospital? How long have you been here tonight? The only way you don't go to jail with them is to spill it. So talk. Fast.
4: Look, I don't have time to explain it all to you. And I need to get back on the stage in just a few minutes. Just go to this address, poke around. If Jed's not in, you'll figure it out, I'm sure. But talking to me will actually get you nowhere, not even if you charm me.
2: Don't patronize me. Two minutes.
4: Thanks, Don. Good luck, little. I hope you find what you need and solve the case or whatever. But- It's nice to meet a fan, even if it is too late.
2: And with that, the most beautiful woman I'd ever seen left me alone and confused in the green room at the nightclub. Unfortunately, it hadn't been the first time either. Eddie and I settled our tab at the Blue Parrot and beat a hasty retreat. I was beginning to get the stink eye from someone I could only imagine was Betty's manager, and with my luck, I wouldn't last much longer in a place like this without a couple of people with grudges finally realizing who I was and what I was up to. We hopped into my car and began making our way towards the address that Betty had given me, 1612 Highway Street. I couldn't place the address at first. And as Idie and I made our way towards it, I reflected on how strange it was to live in a city that you didn't know completely. How small are our roles in this world when it really comes down to things? Are we just running meaningless errands, given weight only because we have to carry around the memory of what we've done, for us to constantly consider as we continue to accumulate more and more things to do or have done? How far will we continue following this seemingly connected trail of events strung together before we finally piece together the entire picture, the full city, all of the nooks and crannies accounted for, and all of the crumbs and clues finally pointing towards a full and complete picture? I changed the channel on my radio. Suffice it to say, by the time Eddie and I realized where we were about to arrive, we were fully prepared in both mood and spirit to encounter something truly awful. It was only when we were in front of the place that I realized I had been here before, too. The city morgue. The last place bodies go before they are moved to the various funeral parlors and cemeteries bodies wind up in. Perhaps the gang at Mariner State Hospital was up to something much worse and creepier than I realized. Idie and I knocked, but there was no answer. And whoever Jed might have been didn't get a chance to appear in our adventures. For some reason only he knows. To my surprise, the door opened easily without having to be picked or kicked in that much, and it took me a moment or two to orient myself properly before I could determine where we could find the most clues, and quickly. The office I knew of seemed to have nothing of interest in it, and as we continued to wander around the building, it became clear that we needed to check the cold storage if we wanted to find anything really interesting. We made it back and were about to start opening doors and checking in on the occupants when we heard the sound of two people arriving. Eddie and I quickly ducked into a closet and hoped for the best. But given my luck this evening, that seemed unlikely.
5: It's not like I need to say I'm sorry for for something like that, right? I don't see why you would need to. I mean, to be fair, he should know what line of work he's getting into if he hasn't learned already by now. In a way, then, this is his first lesson, right? I'm not sure I really know what you mean, but I think I follow you. Uh, It's a shame you're too nice. Uh, People take advantage of nice people. Do you think that's what happened to this guy? He was too nice? Hard to say. My guess is wrong place, wrong time. I mean, he didn't have the brains enough to stay out of somewhere like that hospital. So it's uh, it's not surprising what happens to people like that, right? Probably not. Seems like a tragedy, though, don't you think? No one deserves this. Who can say? I'm not sure that we're the right ones to judge in a situation like this. We're merely bit parts in the play of this man's life, and while it has come to an end, perhaps even these small roles will be of import in some way or another. Knock it off. It's almost quitting time, and I don't want deep thoughts before I get drunk. Then I'm all sad and emo for the rest of the night. And that's no way to end an evening. Okay, what about baseball? Can't we talk about stereo equipment? I just got an excellent receiver that sounds great when you connect it to a good pair of speakers. Come on! You always talk about stereos. I just visited this incredible baseball museum, and let me tell you, there is no mystery why it was packed with visitors. Oh, the thinking man important.
2: As soon as the two of them left, Eddie and I immediately got out of the closet. And while everything in me said that I already knew who it was, I tried to deny it as we moved closer to the body they had just brought in. It must have been a death that happened tonight. That much was obvious. As I reached for the door to the small storage compartment they had just filled, I could feel something move through me, a force that I didn't recognize and couldn't. It was as if something was compelling me not to open the door, as if some energy was working against my arm, my body, my mind, driven by what I knew was inside. I quickly shook it off. If there was something so powerful trying to prevent me from seeing it, then clearly I had to look, with all my might. I had to reach out for the door and grab it, pull it open, and look at what hideous thing could possibly be inside. Could anything have prepared me for the sight of my own crumpled and beaten body, lifeless, filling the compartment I was peering into? Marcus Little? Dead? How can
1: this be? There must be more to this story than we can safely reveal in one installment, so please stay tuned for part two of Tall Tales and Small Rewards. The Adventures of Marcus Little features Nate Kelly as Marcus Little and Jessica Norman as Cindy Baumgarten. Featured in the cast were Jill Honestein as Candy Matson, Heather Sadowski as Johnny Thunder, Sean Royal as Mort Linger Jeff Parks as Itty Dash Thompson as Barney Travis Doan as Fred and Ape Tim Maloney as Parson Sanders Don and Horace Withers Emma Pace Jonas as Betty David the Weatherman Wills as Merlin and David Little Fyodor Lichtenberg as Greg Also featured were Jason Raimi Kelly Taylor Jessica Raimi Jesse Sutherland bella ramey austin rich stella Starr Schaefer, and william r harris our music was by brendan murray and matt orifice and our script was by ac richards your announcer was fred weiser the adventures of marcus little can be heard every week here on abs the american broadcasting system abs it's what's on now stay tuned for part two After these messages and station identification. This is
3: ABS, the American Broadcasting System. It is 10.59 standard time. When listening to ABS, why not catch the 5 o'clock news? Chuck Weston has all the stories that are news to use... And with Cassie Linquist on weather and sports, you are guaranteed to get everything you need to know when you need to know it. And at 8 on Fridays, it's the amazing world of science. Yes, it's true what they say, and every week, Professor Know-It-All takes you on a journey through ideas that are so unbelievable they must be true. That's the amazing world of science with Professor Know-It-All and the 5 o'clock news. True stories on the radio are waiting for you. And now...
1: Yay!
0: the adventures of marcus little part three of six tune in for the next three weeks to get the full story and that's gonna do it for us this week here on the program somewhere in between a radio zine The Adventures of Marcus Little, Part 3, Issue 50 was written and assembled by Austin Rich. Just because it was Thanksgiving yesterday doesn't mean you have to be a glutton today. Black Friday is no holiday to celebrate. It's right there in the name. It's dark, it's foreboding today. It's Black Friday. Avoid it at all costs. You should feel shame and disgrace for engaging in the ritual of money spending that makes all of us feel less human. Come on. When was the last time you read a good book anyway? You got the day off. Use it. Not in a shopping way, in a more literary way. Or or something. Just Don't spend money, please. This episode was produced by Austin Rich in the Lava Lamp Lounge and was assembled using only the finest in 20th century technology. In the long-standing tradition of most zines, there is an open submission policy here. If you have a story, music, or poetry that you'd like to send in or read, or you just want to be a part of the show, why not drop a line to austinrich at gmail.com? That's going to do it for us this week. You guys are wonderful. You guys are beautiful. And without you, there would be no program. Be seeing you. Somewhere in between?
4: A radio zine?